Hey everyone, welcome to episode 12. I wanted to take a moment to thank you all for listening and supporting this podcast in its first year. This started as a passion project and will continue to be just that in its second year, but I'm so excited to announce that it is expanding to include sponsored episodes in the upcoming seasons. In Inner Calling style, sponsorships will be exclusively for small businesses and young entrepreneurs, so if you want to sponsor an episode, I'd love to chat. This last episode of season one is sponsored by a seasonal event I co-host in Northern New Jersey, Manifest. Our next event, May Day, is happening in Ringwood, New Jersey on April 30th and May 1st from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. It will have whimsical Alice in Wonderland vibes, Beltane celebrations, and lots of beautiful art in its many forms. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Event Manifest for more details. Happy listening! Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Inner Calling Podcast. This is your host, Amanda Nafash. And today I am joined by a really cool, amazing young author and entrepreneur, Alex Blau. Welcome, Alex. Hi, thank you for having me. Uh, you know, I appreciate the opportunity that you gave me and I hope that I can spread my story to everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so actually, for those of you listening, Alex, the how I located Alex is um, he has a store in uh, like two towns over from me, basically. Um, so let's start off there, Alex. Can you explain to the audience what store you run? So I run a retro video game store in uh, Hewitt, New Jersey. Um, I also have books in the store that I self-publish myself. Um, the store, the reason why I started the store specifically in Hewitt was because there's no game store around for like about 25, 30 minutes in any direction. And mm-hmm. I also thought the community could benefit from having one because it's always nice to go down to like a local shop and, you know, get to see really cool, nostalgic type of things. Um, so, yeah, that's basically why I picked you and, you know, where I am. So are you from, uh, are you local to the Hewitt area? So, no, uh, originally I was from Hawthorne and then I live in Bloomfield at the moment. So I make about an hour commute. Oh, wow. Okay. So, um, what was the, like, so how long have you been open? I've been open for about three months now. Um, every seventh of the month marks another month. Uh, I started in January. Okay, cool. So how has the, like, community, how have you been received by the community since you're not a local to the area? So the community has been pretty good. Um, I got a lot of nice feedback from everyone, uh, some good support as well. Um, I have people that, like, share posts and spread the word for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's pretty positive. Uh, I like the area, you know, everybody's nice. When did you get the idea to start a retro game store? So I've done a retro game store in the past, a long time ago. Um, but I switched to online because I wasn't really liking the in-store aspect of it too much, mm-hmm. but, uh, I've always had a passion for video games, um, I know a lot about them, so I feel like it's, you know, good to have a store you know a lot about the stuff in. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of, you know, sometimes, you know, you go to some places and they may not know, you know, certain things. So you got to be knowledgeable. Um, also, it's a lot of fun, too. I get to test everything that comes in. So it, it's pretty cool playing uh, different games that I didn't even know existed before. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's basically why I started the store. 
Um, also, because I got a great opportunity where I'm located. Um, you know, I'm right across from a very busy diner. Uh, the sit and chat's been there for uh, a long time. Oh, yeah. Um, and even they um, allowed me to leave business cards and stuff there, too. They're very nice people. Mm-hmm. Um, again, with the community supporting me. Yeah. That's awesome. So um, I know that uh, we've only spoken a, a, a brief, brief time about your passions and about like your interests with the store versus with your books. So um, obviously having a business and being able to like having a physical storefront for your business and being able to promote your books that way um, is a great way to get it out there and get it out there to a new audience because you, like you said, you're um, not a local to the area. So um, let's talk about your books. When did you start writing? So I started writing uh, like book books. I started writing probably sophomore year of high school, but I've been writing since I was in first grade. Wow. Awesome. So has that been a goal of yours, a career goal of yours, like since you're a child? So no, I originally in first grade, um, I used to write stories just because I always came up with my cool adventures, you know, like always had like an imaginary friend, you know, mm-hmm. basically cool stories. And then, um, probably around middle school, I played, I started getting into video games more. Mm-hmm. And, um, basically I started writing because I was trying to create my own scenarios and like coming up with my own cool video game ideas, you know, um, stuff that I didn't see happening that I wanted to happen. And then it wasn't until high school that I really wanted to develop, you know, books, you know, get mm-hmm. into books. I would say it was my, um, I believe it was junior year. Uh, my English teacher, she um, got me into wanting to do a book because I really wasn't so like I've been writing for a while, but I wasn't really like con- um, conscious about my writing. Like I didn't really think my writing was like the best. Yeah. Uh, like I had fun with it, but it wasn't until she told me that it was pretty good that I should take the next step forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I did and I'm seven books written in now, so that's so cool. Okay. So let's talk about those books. So, um, you said that they are a, a part of a series, right? Let's talk about that. Yeah. So, um, there's seven books that are part of a series. Um, each book in the series doesn't necessarily have to do with the other. Um, but some will overlap. Mm-hmm. So for example, like I'll go over each book and explain it. Uh, the first book, animal chronicles, animal chronicles basically is like my own story. Uh, my own interpretation of native American folklore. Hmm. Uh, and it follows a young woman who learns about, um, like a secret society, um, learns about, um, different things about her family she didn't know about. And, you know, it's her struggles through the society that she'll grow into, um, you know, something pretty cool. Hmm. Um, and then the next book after that, uh, it completely flips genres and it'll go to like a horror mystery book for my second one. Hmm. And it's written journal format. So it's like journal entries from people on like a planet that um, mysteriously became covered in darkness and uh, they can't explain what happened or what's in the darkness, but they're just trying to survive and escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, my third book, uh, Angelus Custos, basically focuses on, um, it's like a romantic thriller, uh, focuses on uh, this guy that was going to propose to his, um, well, girlfriend, but soon to be wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was going to Opposed to her and uh, they get attacked in the woods and uh, he ends up getting uh, killed and coming back to save her basically. Mm. Uh, like reincarnated? 
Well, yeah, basically, like, not, not, not a reincarnate. He comes back as himself, but he made it. So, like, when he dies, he makes it, he hears, like, whispers, and he makes a deal with somebody to come back. Um, but that deal will end up biting him um, later on because he doesn't know who he talked to. Oh. Um, so it's kind of interesting. And uh, it also plays on the fact that uh, he's very angry about what happened. So throughout the story, he'll have to control his anger because his anger um, could cause certain implications for him um, in terms of what he's trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, so the story is very in-depth in that term. Um, and then my fourth one, Kerrigan Uprising, basically focuses on uh, a young woman named Jasmine who is in a household with a very strict mother, uh, Azalea. And it has, so that story has some like hidden magical elements to it. Ooh. Uh, and she's basically, Jasmine's trying to, you know, deal and survive with her mom because her mom is very abusive and strict. And uh, she learns that her mom, like, you know, like there's a secret that the mom is hiding that actually um, is causing more than just normal household problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of like um, things going on with her siblings and people getting sick and stuff like that. And you'll learn the different details uh, in the story. Mm-hmm. And then um, my fifth book, Daemon, uh, is a mythology book, Greek mythology. It um, focuses on like, the idea of what's there after death and, um, you know, the complications of coming back and knowing that knowledge Mm -hmm. as well as, um, certain things like what would happen if like, let's say you murdered somebody, what actually happens to that person? What actually happens to you? Um, so there's a lot of like life after death type of scenarios in that, in that retrospect. Mm -hmm. And then um, in my sixth book, uh, Limbo, have you ever heard of the Divine Comedy before? Yes. So basically my sixth book, Limbo, is in the same universe as in Jealous Custos, mm-hmm. but does not directly inter- uh, intertwine with it. So it's there, but it's not affecting the story of the other one. Okay. Um, and it's also inspired off of the Divine Comedy. Okay, so, so for for the listeners who don't know that, could you just give a brief description of the Divine Comedy? Yes, so the Divine Comedy was a series of poems. I believe it was around the Renaissance time. I could be wrong, um, but it was written by a guy named Dante. And uh, basically the poems were like one day, like I assume he like fell asleep or something like that. And um, he claims that he has traveled through hell, purgatory, and heaven. And made mm-hmm. his way back. And he basically, the poems are a documentation of that. Um, it's a very thick book um, with like three sections. Basically, my book Limbo is inspired off of the first part, which is the hell part. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, this guy wakes up in a, a cloudy forest. Um, very like, like on the trees, there's um, different sins etched into the bark. And... Mm. He's trying to figure out where he is. Like, you know, he has no memory of anything. Mm -hmm. And he'll learn basically that, you know, in a short sense that he ended up in a place called Limbo. And uh, he's searching for his parents because he doesn't know what happened to them. You know, like he hears something. Somebody tells him something about his parents. He's trying to figure out where they are. Um, So he has to actually travel through the circles of hell to look for them. 
But the twist here is, unlike the Divine Comedy, I have different circles than they do. Also, it goes deeper than past Lucifer. So there's that. I basically created my own lore that there's something, well, two things older in hell than Lucifer himself. Hmm. So there's, there's things mo- uh, much more ancient than he is, and mm-hmm. um, we'll actually have to dive all the way down there. Um, and then the story ends up having, you know, like a cool ending that will lead into, um, another part in the series. Which is book seven or? No. So book seven is a completely different story again. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. On their toes, you know, Uh, (laughs) if everybody expected like, you know, each book to follow, uh, chronological order, then they might get bored with me. (laughs) But that is a, it is, it's a really cool way that you're doing that where like there's it's like a, a series within a series within a series almost. Yeah. But however, the seventh book into the eighth breaks the norm. The seventh and eighth are actually connected. OK, but the eighth book didn't come out yet, right? No, I'm currently writing it. I'm about a quarter done. OK, so tell us about book seven. So book seven takes place. Uh, it follows a main character named Fred. Um, Fred Lakes. He basically. um was a psychiatrist. Uh, his wife was schizophrenic. Uh, she ended up passing due to an incident that occurred. Um, he basically is so distraught by it that he can't focus at his job and he ends up losing his job because of an incident that happens with him there. Um, and then he's looking for work, can't find it. And then he gets an invitation, a mysterious invitation from somebody to come work at an asylum on like this Island area. And um, the guy who invites him is called Dr. Willow. And on this island, at this asylum, he's put in charge of like a more troublesome patients. Mm-hmm. Learns actually that it's not just an asylum and there's actually deeper elements to it. Because um, the Dr. Willow person that invited him has ulterior motives in terms of why he has the asylum and what he does with certain patients. Wow. So. It's basically that book is actually my first realistic book, kind of. So it's mm-hmm. fictional, but the elements could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, like all my other books are definitely phantasmal, as in like, I guess if you really believe deeply into it, it could happen, I guess. Mm-hmm. But the most could happen book for me. And it was okay. definitely a hard transition because I go from writing like magic horror like yeah all this stuff then i go into like real people and what could happen you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i also noticed that um as you were describing them obviously you're growing up as you're writing these books right you're writing them from from like a teenager to an adult um yes. how, how did you maintain um like obviously as you're maturing this uh, the, some of the themes that, that you just, just explained also matured, like they got more detailed and um, how would you say you maintained um, the like genre of young adult fiction throughout all of that as you were growing and maturing yourself? So I would say that I set a pretty high standard kind of from the first book in terms of, so like my books, it, the first book has violence in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I say violence is the core of why it would be more of a young adult, just because of the violence aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like the horror mystery, you know, like I kept some of the violence, but I kind of skewed away from it to try mm-hmm. to like make it more mysterious, you know, 
Uh, I'd say as I kept going with each book, I think with each entry, I try to find a different way to catch the reader's attention. Um, And, you know, I feel like it goes like a roller coaster in terms of like, you know, the consistency with how mature the content is. Mm -hmm. Um, But it somewhat keeps a fine line that it's, I mean, Limbo kind of broke it a little bit. But, I, you know, that's because you're traveling to the circles of hell. It's kind of hard to PG it a little bit. Yeah. Um, that's something I it was a little difficult for me to write just because it wasn't just violence. There was vulgarity and like, um, like there was vulgar language or language and, you know, on top of the violence. And it's something that like when I do sell them, I do warn people about a little bit saying it is technically young adult, but it's a little more up there. Okay. I was going to uh, ask if you had a disclaimer of any kind. <laughs> yeah. So like, that's like the only book I would say that could get a little bit extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's really difficult not to be. Yeah, sure. Um, but I feel like, like you said, detail wise, I feel like I definitely got more detailed with the books mm-hmm. in general. Um, as I learned, um, different vocabulary or just learned how to do it. Right. You know, because my earlier books, like my first book was very thick. And then the second to fifth book was about like this small. Mm-hmm. So like it's pretty small compared to the first one. But then Limbo went really thick again. Yeah. And then, um, you know, like because the first book took me a few years to write. Then I wrote the second and third one in a year. Oh, wow. And then the fourth and fifth, I'd say about the same. Um, but the fifth took me about a year. Um, and the seventh took me about a year as well. Um, and then the eighth one's just, you know, lingering along. I'm, yeah. <laughs> having the store and working on the book does get difficult sometimes. That's why I changed my hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm still actively doing it. Like and sometimes too, the, an interesting thing to add in for the listeners is I don't just go right into writing either. Mm-hmm. I um, do storyboarding. I have flashcards. I put people's names on them. I also, for instance, like in the eighth story, they go to like this hotel area and I actually drew out the map of the whole hotel from every floor, every room. Oh, wow. Uh, not because they'll travel to each section in the hotel because mentally as the, uh, author, I need to know every inch of the space. Mm -hmm. I've done that also before for limbo as well. When you go to like a castle section, I actually, uh, detailed like every room in the castle and all the floors. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just helped me, you know, is that illustration provided to the readers as well? So no, um, okay. Not at the moment. I don't have anything like that. It's just more like notes that I use. Because mm-hmm. I scribble t- on them and stuff like that. Um, the only actual thing note-wise that I actually give to the readers would be in Daemon, which is my fifth one. Mm-hmm. I actually drew my own family tree of uh, like the Greek gods and Greek mythology stuff. Okay, cool. Um, so that's partly what I gave them. <laughs> yeah. So um, as you're writing these books and they, they all are, even if the stories aren't connected to one another, they're all falling under um, your like 
series of books that you have right now. Does that, do you feel like that boxes you in at all? Or do you feel like you created this um, series that is broad enough to encompass everything that you are going to create? So I would say that the only thing that boxes me in is when I do what I'm doing with the seventh to the eighth is mm-hmm. when I go directly. So like when you have a different story, each entry, um, whether like, let's say you had the same, like, let's say book four had to do with book eight, um, which it doesn't, but I'm using that as an example. Let's say book right. four had book eight. It's different because you have all these books in the middle that are different. So the transitions are easier. It's like when each book is different in terms of not connecting one after another, it's fresh, it's new. When you go from like the seventh to the eighth in my series and I'm, they're basically connected together. Mm -hmm. It's a little boxing in because now you're stuck in the same mindset. Yeah. Um, there's not much, um, freshness there. So it it creates like a challenge, Mm -hmm. um, to make it entertaining. Okay. So with your, with regards to your writing process, because you mentioned that having the store is slowing it down just a little bit. Um, what is, do you have like deadlines that you, you give yourself that you're strict with, or is it just kind of like this book will be finished when it's finished? So I try to give myself deadlines. Um, but I am very strict to them, but at the same time, I feel like if I can't, get the idea out clearly i won't force it mm-hmm. it's sometimes it's not even a, a matter of like time wise so like right now at the store i'm open thursday friday saturday sunday mm-hmm. i give myself three days off um not only to spend time with my significant other but also to devote time to writing as well mm-hmm. and you know basically i try to you know space it out i try to be very strict but it's just sometimes like you know when you have an idea and you you know what the idea is in your head but it just won't come out clearly on the paper yeah that's when i take a break and i stop and say when it comes to me then i'll do it Mm -hmm. because i that type of author that forces something onto the paper just to get a book printed yeah um i i'm more um quality over quantity and I guess um, that that's something that's really, um, that's a really good reason to self-publish, right? Because then you don't have to worry about those deadlines. Well, yeah. I mean, I even had a, <clears throat> I had a publisher for my first book, but I wasn't happy about it. I, I feel like I'd do better. I would do a better job as a self-published person than I would mm-hmm. with an actor publisher, which sounds weird to some people, mm-hmm. but I feel like a publisher doesn't understand um, what you're trying to create. Yeah. They're, they're all about money, 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 which I get. I mean, money's nice, but I don't write for money. Mm -hmm. Um, I write because I like to write. If it makes money, it makes money. If it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. Mm -hmm. Um, I do it just because it's something I've always liked to do. Yeah. So Um, since you said that, um, what would you say your, goal it like your long-term goal with your writing is so long-term goal wise honestly i would like to have at some point with saving up money from the store at some point i'd open i'd like to open up my own store with just my books mm-hmm. and a cafe oh cool so just my books everything themed inside for my books all merchandise and stuff like that just themed off my books but I have a certain goal set for myself to reach that point mm-hmm. as 
besides financials, um, I will not allow myself to do it without a minimum of 40 books written. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so a minimum of 40 books. Okay. So we got a little uh, bit of time. <laughs> yeah. Um, just because I want to offer a variety. So like I kind of get, so like I designed my, all my covers too. Like I designed every cover of the book and, um, I feel like I get a little bit of inspiration. Have you ever been to Bath and Body Works? Yeah. So you know how they have all those color combinations and different colors that look really appealing when you walk in? Yeah, yeah. That's basically what I would like to incorporate with my store when I do that in the future for the books. Um, Because I have covers that are either black, white, um, green, uh, red. like Basically like colors that pop out on different color um, covers. Mm -hmm. And I'd like have a certain amount of books written so I can color display and make things appealing eye-wise. Oh, wow. That sounds really cool. So it's not even just about the content. It's more about the design aspect too. So that's, that's another aspect that I didn't even think to ask about. So you're, you doing all of your own artwork, does that come to you while, like, does it come to you while you're writing? Do you think of the, the artwork at the end, at the beginning? Like, what does that look like? So Honestly, I come up with the covers generally before I start writing. Wow. Okay. I know. It's very fun. Also, generally, I come up with not with the book I'm writing recently, but I've I've come up generally with the chapters before I even start writing too. Like I like to know what's going to happen before I even get there. Okay. Um, so you like map the whole thing out before you start writing. Basically, yeah. Like not in full detail, but like. I'll be like, okay, this I want to happen here to this to here to here, but not like mm-hmm. the meat of, you know, like just like a very bare minimum. So I understand the roadmap. Cool. Uh, yeah. And like I design all my covers. I have like a graphic design background, but not all my covers are actually designed. Some of them are photographs. Okay. Uh, so I mix it a little bit. I've also done silhouetting as well. Um, wow. so, yeah. I just try to, mix it up and and also i won't put a cover out that i personally do not feel 100 percent confident in yeah um okay. so like yeah i mean it's I, and right now i have about six or seven covers put aside that i know for a fact i like for uh books in the future that's awesome thank so, you so um i want to I want to ask you because obviously you've been, you've had a passion for writing for so long and um, you're doing a lot of things that I think a lot of people stray away from the publishing, um, like going into the the process of publishing just because um, it's, it's a bit overwhelming and it's an expensive process. Um, So what would your um, note of advice be to young writers who are maybe scared to publish or who are on the fence? Like, what would you say? I would tell them, honestly, do what you feel is right. Um, So, I mean, I know it's very vague, but for me, it's like personal experience with having a publisher before. I always thought that I needed one. I needed one. You know, everybody says you got to have one. Otherwise, it's not going to make sales. Um, But honestly, I had a publisher and I made more sales myself than the publisher did. Oh, wow. Um, So, I mean, I would tell people as young uh, authors that, you know, you promoting yourself is the best thing that you can ever do, mm-hmm. mainly because nobody knows your books better than you do. 
Um, you know, those are all people in the office wearing a suit. You know, they take your manuscript in, they read it. They say, okay, this is very nice, but they don't actually understand or feel what you're trying to portray. Yeah. Um, cause they don't know you. Right. Um, I feel like when people hear that you wrote the books, like, so when people come into the store and they say, oh, you wrote these, they're more interested uh-huh. because you wrote them. They're talking to you. Yeah. Um, like I've done flea markets and I've sold 20 something copies at a flea market myself. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a pretty big accomplishment because, you know, doing it from a publisher, they sell a few here and there, but they're not actually pushing it. Mm-hmm. I would basically tell them, you know, feel, do what you feel is correct. But in my own experience, I feel like you doing it yourself is always the best option. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. I think that this is a, you definitely provided a, a very um, unique perspective, especially considering how independent your entire process is, like your writing process, your publishing process, your store that you own. Are you the only employee at your store as well? Yes. Wow. Okay. So that's a lot, that's a lot of stuff that you're just doing by yourself without any assistance, which is very impressive. So accolades to you there. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's not always easy, but you know, I, I, I take each day at a time and I do whatever makes me happy, you know? Yeah. And that's what it's all about, you know? So um, I'm really glad that I had the opportunity to talk to you about the books really in depth because I know um, in the beginning of this conversation, before we started recording, uh, you were saying that you'd like to talk more about your books because that's where your true passion lies. So um, the Inner Calling podcast is all about that. It's inner call, definition of inner calling is when what you do to make a living makes you come alive. And so um, I'm so happy that we got to ha- really like explore your books and like your passion project because that is like what, what this is all about. Um, so before we, um, before we go ahead and say goodbye, I want you to have an opportunity to tell everyone where they can buy your books, where they can find your store, where they can see everything online. So go ahead and plug it all. So basically at the moment, um, my website is archive of the last Okay. Uh, Cause there is this archive of the last plow. Um, on that website, you can't currently buy them. Um, just because I'm working on revamping that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may not be available until probably next year or the fall um, just because I need to add more to it mm-hmm. uh, kind of make it much better. Um, but you can currently buy the books at my video game store location in uh, Hewitt, New Jersey. So basically my store is located at 2019 Greenwood Lake Turnpike in Hewitt, uh, New Jersey. And uh, it's like on the border of like New York practically. Okay. Uh, and I have all the books in the store available um, for purchase. Awesome. And then if they want to follow your social media pages to keep up with um, the store, where can they find you? So they can find me on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, all they have to do is type in Nostalgia Games and More, and okay. uh, they'll be able to find me. Awesome. So I'm going to, uh, for those of you listening, I'm going to put all of that in the caption and the, the description based on where you've found this, uh, whether it be Spotify or rss.com or Instagram or whatever it is, all that information will be in the caption in the description. Um, Alex, I just want to thank you so much for uh, coming on here and sharing your story and sharing your passion with everyone. Um, it's definitely been a really awesome conversation. Thank you. I mean, I appreciate you inviting me and, you know, it was a great opportunity and I hope maybe in the future to do more stuff. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So um, this has been another episode of the Inner Calling podcast. Thank you all so much for listening and we will see you next month. Bye.